Welcome to the Musical Communication Podcast. I'm your host, Marianne Ploger, and during these podcasts, I'm looking forward to being able to explore all aspects of what it is to be musical, whether that is how we can be more musical as musicians or how we can understand why we love music and why we think it's musical or why it isn't. So we'll be exploring everything from how to perform music, how to listen to music, as well as aspects of music perception and cognition. Hi friends, welcome to another episode of the Musical Communication Podcast. My name is Karen and I am your producer and I'm sitting here with Marianne, your host. Welcome. Hey, thanks Karen. So good to be here. Yes. Thank you all for listening. Really appreciate it. Yes, we are so excited and we are so grateful for all the feedback and just everyone's excitement around the intensives coming back and just so much to share. Um, today's episode is going to be about devotion, um, something that I think Marianne, you and I talk about a lot. <laughs> um, and I'm just so excited and fascinated to just hear your take here on on what you mean by that and, and how we can all apply that to what we're doing. So take it away. All right. Thanks, Karen. Yes, I do think devotion is perhaps one of our greatest challenges in the future. Sadhguru, a wonderful teacher, has said that he thinks that's the main characteristic for the future of humanity, that that will be necessary. And so what's meant by that in, in this context, in, in my own work and music in particular, I've always known that devotion is the most important thing. And that means your ability to do things when things get hard. You know, the ability to have the courage to be able to persevere when you encounter difficulty. And we can tell that this is a difficult thing in our world because I think that so much is available that as soon as we have difficulty in some area, we go looking someplace to get something else or to distract us from it. And often it's because of the fact that I believe we lack confidence in our own self and our own ability to go more deeply and find the resources within ourselves. So I do think that that is a huge challenge for all of us. Um, in my own work, it's been very, very clear that when I have an individual who, let us say, is less devoted, it's harder for them to learn because of the fact that they are scattered. So for them to sit down and just pay attention to their, <laughs> their yeah. mind, how the sound is, how it feels when they sing, how it feels when they're creating something. Just being present is a real challenge. And the person who's devoted will be somebody who can look through even sort of anxiety about, oh, I don't know whether I can do this. I'm never going to be able to do this. I have all these problems from the past and all this. Stuff. They're able to, because of their devotion, let that rest and just try to be present and do that on a daily basis. Hmm. Yeah. And and what do you think has created a shift in our society where that devotion might be lacking a little bit more now? I think that it's actually fear. I think that to be devoted, you have to find a safe place. And you have to know that if you're going to spend 20 minutes on something, it's going to be worthwhile. Or maybe it's not going to be worthwhile at all, but it's going to be fun. Mm. Okay. So certainly I think that it's, it's related to an understandable lack of trust. What to be devoted to? 
what should I be devoted to? In a society where there is a tremendous amount of atheism, not just agnosticism, that is a disbelief that there's anything higher or greater. Where do we focus? It used to be like with my teacher, Nadia Boulanger, she would go to church. I don't want to say religiously, because but that's what it was. Mm-hmm. She would go regularly. I think every day she would go to church. So I think that that was a form of devotion. You just did it. Mm. But we see devotion as, as a problem in our society. You know, devotion to another person. We marry, but do, are we devoted? And for how long? Mm. And so I think it's very difficult for us to be devoted to teachers because many of us have had many teachers. And so it's hard because we don't trust anyone in particular. It's, it's just, it's hard. We may not be devoted to a certain literature either because of the fact that there are so many different literatures. Can we be confident as, let us say, I will frame it because I'm very familiar with this world, can we be confident that the orchestra we're in is going to exist? How devoted should we be if we don't know if that orchestra is going to exist? Mm. How devoted should we be to a band that we play in? Are we going to really stick it out together? Mm. So, you know. <laughs> it's intense. Yeah, it is. It is. But I hope it strikes a chord. You know, to me, that's why I like to be devoted to things that last and endure. And I do tend to look at greatness in nature, the beauty in nature, that despite all that happens to it, because of us, it persists. And boy, does it ever. Yeah. <laughs> so it's trusting in, in things that last. Okay, so I have lots of questions. My first question is, how does one gauge the appropriate amount of devotion and or if we are actually being devoted to something? Because I feel like we're in this frantic society, I'll speak for myself, where you just can't learn stuff fast enough, you're behind already, not to mention, as everybody I'm sure has heard here on the podcast, my own musical upbringing and how much was lacking. And it's just kind of hard to know... um, Am I even doing what I'm supposed to be doing? Am I on the right path? Like, how do you gauge success with your devotion? I think we have to be quiet to listen carefully to ourselves. So I, I, I am very zen in this regard. I think that you can trust your breath. Hmm. <laughs> so wise. <laughs> you can trust you're going to need water. <laughs> unless you're a very evolved person, uh, you're going to need food. Uh, you know, that there are these things that are essential, and then there are a lot of things that are not. And I think the secret is in sensing proportions, and I believe we've got some issues with that uh, in our yeah. culture, is about our th- whether or not things are in proportion. All of us want happiness and to laugh. And proportion how much is that a part of our life? And, and many people, wise people will say that that's kind of your choice. Uh, again, we can practice and have a hell of a terrible time, or we can be doing our music and have a wonderful time. Even if it's not going great, we mm-hmm. can be learning, growing, paying attention, being in the moment. So I think that, that ultimately it's sensing how aware we are 
and how much are in terms of music we are paying attention mm. are we scattered well, yeah we're going through the exercise but are we really there and uh, this is you know, a little story here about that because uh, I believe that Nadia Boulanger was such a good example I hope I try I try to follow her path her model that essentially she didn't care about much else but whether you were devoted mm. and if you were not devoted she figured it out real quickly, and uh, <laughs> she'd let you know it. Yeah. So I think that the way that she would be able to tell that is how much you were paying attention. How aware were you? <laughs> mm. Okay. So it has nothing to do with the output. No. It's just the presence. Yeah. Because mm. she knew if you have presence, you will find your way. But if you're not present, and you're distracted, and you're flipping from one thing to the next with anxiety, you're just not going to produce good quality. Mm. It's just, it's almost never going to happen. Wow. That is so profound. It's challenging. It's challenging. Yeah. You know, it's, it's amazing to me. I just, I don't know why it comes to mind, but Louis Armstrong is one of my favorite musicians in the 20th century. Uh, he, Sadly, took drugs, and we know that, and out, drank a lot, and uh, managed to still perform at a very high level, which almost to me reveals that I'm not an advocate of doing this. We don't need to do it, but that 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 it revealed. It took away the the smokescreen. It revealed his soul. But why do we have to do that to be able to just? contact this very very beautiful deep amazing source that we have within yeah. but we have to you know slow it down we have to get a as yogananda would say that pool will that beautiful still pool will reflect a perfect image but if it's got if it's all kinds of turbulence it's not going to reflect a very clear image so in music that's the big thing is can we Mm. <laughs> pay yeah. attention even if it's just playing a phrase of music i don't care what genre we're in just can we do that with extreme love and beauty and or or interest or power of communication or are we just going to go through the the exercise are we just going to go through it mindlessly yeah it's making me think too about i think i'll speak from my generation the, the millennial generation i think we've maybe misconstrued focus with presence mm -hmm. and and focus being more scientific and more about being in flow and and being able to like do the thing you need to do at a high level but i think we miss the presence part which is based on what you're saying slightly more spiritual yes yeah I think we have to have our heart engaged too. We have to have our emotions engaged and that does happen I think in flow that we're probably using more of our our cognitive resources that is brain resources but we're also breathing beautifully mm. we're sensing intensely but it's not self-conscious. Yeah. So I think sometimes when when people are trying to focus I think if they're being willful and they're using their egos working and and in my experience i'm very lucky because nothing goes right when i'm that way <laughs> i'm so lucky it's a disaster but when i just forget about that and i try to channel 
the music, the highest music I can, then things really work. And I, I'm, I'm, I feel blessed that way. But we need to have teachers who are really asking us to be more aware. And, you know, how many times do bands play and it's just terribly out of tune? No. They're not even t- sensing how out of tune they are or how loud they are. And how ugly <laughs> it can be because they're, they're, they're willing, they're being willful yeah. instead of um, allowing. So yes, I completely agree with you. That's that, that presence, that ability to be completely and totally aware as you're doing difficult things, yeah. as you're doing challenging coordination and uh, like the beautiful athletes that we see in the Olympics and everywhere when they're operating at their highest level. And I think those people like Beethoven and those great composers whom I admire so much, but just as much Louis Armstrong uh, and the other great musicians that have been in this past hundred years, just a lot of them out there. But the most beautiful ones are the ones who are the most beautiful human beings. Yeah. And, you know, for anybody listening, that's like, this all sounds great. How can I start this this mindset around just devotion to, to my craft or to whatever brings me joy. Um, what are some strategies in which you stay centered and are able to do that? One of the great things to do is to do a little experiment and to start this way. And I, I'm going to do it more and more spending time in my lessons when I'm teaching my hour long lessons. Try this, try looking just straight ahead of where you are and notice if you're talking in your head, like I'm looking straight ahead now and I'm saying, ooh, there's this really cute wintry Kleenex box that's dark blue with this, and then there are these, this equipment, sound equipment in this great ruby red scarlet box, but I'm talking, mm. all right? And I see you over there across from me, Karen, and I see glasses, I see this. So if I, when I just look there, I, I'm talking. So try just looking straight ahead and notice what happens. The next thing is try doing that same thing, but try instead to just sense. I always like to say if you imagine it's the Hubble telescope, it's not talking. It's just, if you will, sensing according to our construction. But if you just sense... The more that we sense, and I hope you folks aren't driving, this is not the time to do that, (laughs) but you might notice that the words stop the more you sense, the more you feel the air in the room. I hear a slight whistle that comes from, thank heaven, the heater on this cold morning Mm -hmm. uh, and the furnace, and I sense the light, I sense the air flow, I sense all the sounds, I sense what comes into my eyes but I don't have words. So the Dalai Lama would say, what do I see before I had words? How did I perceive before I had any words? I believe this allows us to be more pure, and that's that still pool, in my opinion. 
Mm. Starting that way, and then if you just try doing this, this little thing I've recommended in terms of just tapping one and two, tapping beat one on your left leg with your left hand, and then tapping beat two with your right hand, and just go back and forth like a ping pong, you know, just a tennis game, beautiful match, balanced, so that each stroke is equal. So one, two, one, two, one, two, one, two, one. Two, one, two, one, two, one, two, one, two, two, one, two, two, one. And you can almost feel like when towards the end there, you can almost perceive my thinking. All right. And it's like words coming in my Mm. head. And as soon as that happened, it's like static. And then just let it go. So this is the musical version of breathing that almost all of us do in meditation. But music is as much meditation as anything else. And so the next thing is when you're playing your instrument, even just playing or or singing, sing a scale, but really notice the beauty, sing slowly the beauty of each pitch. And if you notice, if you could have a drone on that first note that you sing and even just sing a scale, And now keep that drone as you sing the second note in the scale. And then sing another note. It could be in the scale or anything you want to sing. But notice the interaction of the two pitches. Notice if it's active or if it's smooth. If it sounds sharp or is it hard to sing or is it hard to to hear it. And then just doing that means you're just becoming more aware. And this will make it easy to receive instruction. It makes it easy to receive images on, if you're reading music. It makes it easier if you're listening to music. See what happens when the palate is relaxed and clear. And it makes it so pleasant that you want to do it again. <laughs> yes. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yes. Yes. I felt so many things. Um, First of all, I felt incredibly relaxed to the point where I, I wasn't, I wouldn't say like fall asleep, but I felt like I was in a trance, mm-hmm. which is the point, which is mm-hmm. great. Mm-hmm. And then I also immediately noticed what in my body hurts. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> where there's tension, where there's knots, even where there's dryness, like my mm-hmm. right eye is super dry right now. And I'm like, what is happening? I hadn't noticed that mm-hmm. before. Mm-hmm. That was amazing. Yeah. And that's the thing. We want to maintain that awareness all the time. I've done this for in large groups mm-hmm. where I've sensed that people are just having to tune in or they're a little bit anxious or something and I'll have them do that exercise. And it's really wonderful because I'll then ask them how they felt. And often it will be that if there's talking then you can even let that go. It's like my eye is dry. It's like mm-hmm. just sense it. Yeah and uh, allow the sensation, but it is so profound. You can feel the energy in the room completely shift because there's no inner talking. And it's my feeling that that's what happens with any great ensemble, that's the key, is that when you're listening to an orchestra and they're all, there's no inner talking going on, they're just sensing, it's magical. But when they're not, when there's even just some inner talking, there goes the pool. Now it's all ruffled water. Uh, Now it doesn't reflect that beautiful purity. 
Um, and so I, I think that that's what we want to be devoted towards is you know ourselves just being as focused and constant. Now, if I'm playing a, a piece that's very agitated and very intense, I don't want myself to get so thrown off that I can't, I want to have that intensity, I want to have that power, I want to have that force, I want to have that speed and all of it. But I want to maintain my sense of self-awareness at the same time. I am an actor and most actors will tell you, you have to be, you have to maintain your self-awareness. And I think it's the same thing. Yeah. But mostly, I think it's just devotion means coming to that place and being devoted to that which is going to be there for you all the time. I don't care what genre. I don't care what music you're playing. That's the constant. Let's pay attention to our roots. And if our, the roots of the plant are really healthy and they're in the right environment, which we will create, we can create, we have the freedom to create, then we're going to have beautiful fruit from that tree or at least beautiful flowers. Yeah. So... Uh, that's to me what we want to be devoted towards. Wow. I love this so much, Marianne. I feel like this is might be my one of my most favorite episodes. Oh, thank you. Karen. This is so <laughs> good. Helps. I just my mind is exploding right now. I'm like, oh my gosh. And I hadn't considered uh doing this before before practice or I mean like this just feels so tender to just be like, I'm gonna first focus on being present and grounded before I learn this new thing or before I try this challenging passage or before I pursue something where I'm a beginner again. And that feels a little unsettling as an adult like this, this just, and it also feels very simple. Like, mm -hmm. duh, why haven't we been doing this also is my feelings. I have all these feelings about it. That's when, <laughs> that's when you know it's, it might be right. It's, you know, it's like when you have that, well, of course. Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> mm -hmm. Well, anything else, Marianne, before we wrap up? Well, I want to just encourage everyone to trust your own awareness. Pay attention carefully to all levels of your awareness. Something feels creepy and wrong, listen to it, including if it's out of tune. Mm. You just lovingly pay attention, and it will probably go in tune. Because if you know it's not in tune, you know what in tune is. So learning to trust that. And of course, I'm just here as a guide. I'm somebody, I believe that the work I do is simply meant to help you connect with something far greater that you already have. You're just tuning into it. I'm helping you, I hope, to just become more cognizant of it. Awesome. Thanks so much, Marianne.